Okay, well, how the fuck are we starting this? <laughs> you need to talk about your dad. So we should just start by start there. Yeah, I think it's alarming because I feel like my voice is already going to crack. And that's like a really terrible sign. <laughs> you know, when we sat down and we're like, what do we talk about for this first episode? And we were like, we have to close Okanopal and we have to do this transitional episode. But in my mind all of the beginning of February is like these emotions. And we always said we want to just talk about what's going on at this mm-hmm. time period, like what's relevant in our own lives, what's relevant in society. And that's what we're going to focus on and talk about. And mm-hmm. so for me, and I explained this to Connor the other day, is like February in general gets hard. And I think like once I see it's February, it's like, okay, it's kind of emotional. But then it's also like, oh, it's Valentine's Day. And so like February 1st to February 14th, it's always like the build up for that. But I feel like after Valentine's Day, like that's the next biggest thing. And that's all I can think about until the day it happens. I think you have to walk through um, February 21st. Like how many years is it now? I think it's eight. You have to go through like what happened because what happened, um, is like part of the story that you revisit every year as well. And it is different for every person in your family. Yeah. And that's what in our family. <laughs> like, yeah, no, I even remember when we were in steamboat with you one year and it was me and Sid. And this part will literally make me die. Cause it's the first time I heard it, it was like the saddest thing ever. Because I do think we each have, like, our own memories of the day it happened. But you Mm -hmm. told the story about how you had to tell Grandma Pat. And Mm -hmm. that was, like, the worst thing because I didn't even hear that. And so I think that's the other thing is, like, we all have such different views of the day. And even, like, Mm -hmm. my mom who walked in on it. And so – and I think – like Aubrey walking in on it. Those are all things that we all just have such different ideas of the day, but it's all so like engraved in each of our heads. And that's why I just think it being like so unexpected is also why it's something that has been the hardest day to get over because it was like he had this really perfect life like we all did and then in a day it shattered. And that's why mm-hmm. it's like the hardest day every year I agree with you I think that um like that's why the day sticks out to you so much more because Mm -hmm. like February 20th like everything was normal and Mm -hmm. February 21st is like your entire life changes Mm -hmm. so so that makes a lot of sense and then it's like there's so many sides to it like it's so weird and, I, and I'll like go through it, but it's like there are some things that I remember so vividly. Like I remember what I was wearing that day and I was wearing boot cut miss me jeans and a sweatshirt that said, cool story, bro, go make me a sandwich in neon pink letters. <laughs> that is the worst outfit in the world. But I remember like to the T what I was wearing, but then I'm like, I don't even know what the hospital room looked like. And, like, that's what's so weird is, like, there's things I remember and there's things that I don't remember. It's almost like your mind 
blocks out like the worst parts because those are the parts I don't remember well. But then I remember what I was wearing, which I also wish I forgot that too. <laughs> <laughs> well, it could have been like a Peyton Manning jersey. It was probably under my sweatshirt. <laughs> <laughs> okay, but we're doing it. We're just, it all goes back to why I felt like we needed to talk about it this episode was it's like always this time of the year that I feel like I start thinking about those events, but I don't usually. And so like Mm -hmm. on a day-to-day basis, like I'm not thinking about what happened that day. It's just like around this time period, it starts to come up. We went to school. Okay. So here's the other like huge part about this that is less about trauma and more so like what I think makes it the craziest story is that We woke up from school that day and my dad obviously worked with Adam. They did construction Mm -hmm. and they're out of the house like every day by six in the morning, Mm -hmm. 630. Like every day we would wake up from school. He was never home. And we woke up this morning and I remember coming down for school and my dad was sitting at the counter and Mm -hmm. I was like, whoa, like, are you not going to work? Whatever. And he said, my alarm didn't go off. I'm going to have um, breakfast with you and Aubrey and I'll take you guys down to the bus. Cause you know, we had that super long driveway that no one wanted to walk. Yeah. And yeah. so he, we had breakfast. He took me and Aubrey down to the bus, which again, like never happened ever. I don't even know like the amount of times he took us down to the bus. He was always gone for work before then. And he dropped me and Aubrey or me and Aubrey off at the bus stop. And he said, I love you girls. Have a good day at school. And we're like, I love you. Like, we'll see you soon. We got on the bus and that was it. He then goes back up to the house and has breakfast with Sydney. She went to high school, so she drove herself to school and eats breakfast with Sid. Like, I love you. Have a good day at school. And she leaves the house. And then my mom obviously worked from home and she had um headshots that day like she always tells this story how she had professional headshots Mm -hmm. and she went into town a photographer in rapid took these headshots and she had gone back home and my dad had said like i'm just gonna stay home today and do books like there was who knows what needed to be caught up i think a lot (laughs) and so he starts doing the books for yeah for boating construction and he decides to stay home this day and get caught up on those and my mom said she got home from headshots and she was sitting at the computer and he came in and she was like do you want to see these headshots I took today and he was like yeah and he looks at the pictures and he's like they're beautiful I love them I love you and kisses are kisses her on the forehead goes downstairs to work out and then has a fucking heart attack on the treadmill of all places mm-hmm. and so I was at school that day and I I don't even remember obviously the day at school. The only thing I remember is it was so fucking cold out. Like it was just the coldest day. It was cold February, normal in South Dakota. And I took the bus home and Aubrey got home from school earlier than I did because I was in middle school. And so mine was like 30 minutes later and I got off the bus and I remember calling my mom because I wanted her to pick me up because that driveway Mm -hmm. was like I don't even know half a mile but it was like so shitty it was so cold 
And so <laughs> I called my mom because I wanted her to pick me up and she didn't answer. And I called her again and she didn't answer. And so I called her again because <laughs> I'm just fucking annoying like that. <laughs> <laughs> so I literally called this bitch like three times. And so I called her because I really just wanted her to get in the car and pick me up. And she answered the phone and she was like, Ash, your dad had a heart attack. You need to get home. And she hung up the phone. And like the other weird thing is I so remember being like, what the fuck? Like, pick me up. It's so cold. Like it never (laughs) once registered to me like the severity of this situation. And that's a whole other thing later because again, like it never once clicked. And I remember being like, okay, a heart attack, like are you going to pick me up? Like, this shit's fine. Like, Mm -hmm. just come and get me. And so I was standing at the bottom of the hill, probably like contemplating the fact that I actually still had to walk it. And Kristen pulled in. Mm -hmm. My mom's sister, my aunt, my other aunt, Lacey's my aunt, my other aunt, Kristen. And she pulled in and she opened the door and she was like, get in, I'll like drive you up to the house. And so we get up to the house and my grandma Lori's car was there. And there was just so many police officers and ambulances and I remember seeing him coming out on a stretcher and that was probably like the worst part Mm -hmm. and the only like I vividly remember thinking like he looked so blue like he didn't look Mm -hmm. like you know like Mm -hmm. the fun strong John he was just like it didn't Mm -hmm. look like him And so they took him into an ambulance. And I remember I got into the house. And again, like, this is the part, like, I don't remember. So Aubrey had came home. My mom went downstairs to check on him, found him in the office downstairs. And when she was giving him CPR is right when Aubrey came home. And Mm so Aubrey had to call 911. And Aubrey had to go upstairs and tell the um, paramedics where to go. Mm -hmm. But I don't remember... Like, seeing Aubrey or my mom in the house. Like, I I don't know. I don't remember Aubrey crying. Like, that's a part that I think I just totally spaced out. And so, I, I remember... So, was yeah. your... Were your mom... Was your mom still there? Like, we went to the hospital and you were the last one to get there. No. So, this is what happened. So, my mom was home when it happened and said, yeah. like, you know, it's been too long. And so, by the time yeah. I had got there, it was Kristen... My grandma Lori, Aubrey, and my mom. And when okay. I was walking through the door, the police officer said, like, are you guys okay to drive to the hospital? Like, can you meet us there? And my yeah. grandma was like, yes, I'll drive. And so me and my mom got into the car with my grandma Lori to drive to the hospital. It was you. It was and, that was late. Yes. Yeah, okay. So Aubrey Keep- went with Kristen because Sydney yeah. was at work. And so yeah. Kristen had to go pick up Sydney from the theater and take her to the hospital. And so the other thing is like, I remember driving to the hospital and my grandma Lori was driving and I think my mom was in the back with me. Like I, for some reason, I think she was in the back and I remember her like sobbing and I think she had it probably the worst. Like she says she knew he was gone, like in the car. Mm -hmm. Yeah. But the other thing that's so it like proves how young I was and how naive I was is because we had a middle school carnival that night at Southwest. It was like that fun, whatever. They have like a jumpy Mm -hmm. castle, whatever the fuck it was. 
And I vividly, vividly remember like playing this situation. I don't even think I had cried yet. Like playing this like scenario in my head of I was going to show up late to this carnival and be like, what's up guys? Like I was in the hospital. My dad had a heart attack. Like we're fine. <laughs> like, yes. like literally yeah. in my head, giving it like giving a speech of like what the fuck I thought I was going to say to my friends yeah. at middle school, because it was like, I just didn't even understand. Like I thought for sure, like everything's fine. Like my mom is just traumatized. Cause she saw it, but like, yeah, we're sitting good at nothing. It's fine. So we got to the hospital and that's when I have like no memory. I remember you and Adam were there and I remember someone coming in. I have no idea what they looked like. And I remember them saying like, he's gone. And then I have no memory. Like my mom talks about that room and like hearing Aubrey scream. Like I don't like whatever in my head blocked shit out. Like there is nothing of that room that I remember. So the day... So Adam and Ellery were at your house at some point that day, too. Ellery saw your dad that morning, too. What? I never knew that. And Adam was there, too. And I don't remember all of the details, but they went to, like, work through the books. And so Ellery had been there, which is, like, a weird part of it for us, too, because, like, she got a hug from your dad, like... But they were both there. and It's then, like we all uh, did. And that's what's so crazy mm-hmm. is like, I think this whole situation would be so much harder if I had what ifs. Like, what is the last thing I said to him? What if it was an argument? What if it... But mm-hmm. it was like everyone was granted the closure that they needed. But I mm-hmm. never knew that Adam and Ellery were there. Yeah, so they went to do the books at some point that morning because him and your dad were meeting with Steve mm-hmm. to go through taxes. So they were like cramming to get all their shit yeah. done on like the day. So they were supposed to go do that. And so Adam had gone to, um, he was downtown waiting for your dad. Mm-hmm. And then he didn't come. And then, on the way to the hospital, your mom called Adam and mm-hmm. told him that that she thought that he was gone at that point, too. Mm-hmm. And then Adam called me at school, but I was in a meeting with a parent who's not happy with me. So that, <laughs> that was kind of interesting. And... Uh, Adam called twice. So the second time he called, he told the secretary, he's like, no, like you have to interrupt. So she came in and was like, I know something's wrong oh. because Adam, Adam isn't like, yeah. persistent or Yeah. Yes. So he was like, you have to go straight to the hospital. I'm on my way there. And so when I got there, Adam was already there and you all were already there except for, um, Sid and Kristen. I honestly think we were all, like, Adam and I were both like you, like, thinking, okay, Dana just went through this, like, really fucking horrible thing, but it's going to be okay. Mm-hmm. And um, and maybe she was just worried, but, but we also knew your mom knows more about, like, I 
I couldn't fucking give someone CPR. Oh no, not at all. So like, I also in the back of my mind knew that I didn't think she would be saying that if it wasn't for sure true. So like, part of it was like, fuck, just waiting. I remember the doctor coming in and like saying, saying the stuff. Your mom was like, "Can you call Pat?" And then, ugh. And then they asked if we wanted to see him. And I think it was just, um, I, Adam did. And so I just went because I didn't want him to go by his, by him, by himself, by himself. But it was a mistake. That was a mistake. Yeah. Cause and I Adam remember would, you Adam guys coming tell you back today. saying like, no one, like no one else needs no. to go back there. And then the other weirdest fucking part is. I got into the car and we had all decided we were going to my grandma Lori's. Like none of us could be at the house. Like none of us wanted to be Mm -hmm. at the house. Texted my friends. And this is the part that like still to this day, it like is so crazy to me. But I texted um, like twins and Haley Molstad and like my real closest friends at the time. And I texted them in a group text and I said, you guys, my dad died. And they responded back like, ha ha ha, like funny. Yeah. Like, when are you coming over? And I remember yeah. it being like six texts of like, no, I'm serious. And they were like, Ashton, if you're kidding, like, that's so fucked up. Like, don't lie yeah. to us. And I was like, I, and I just remember it being this like super crazy time of like, this whole thing just happened. And then like trying to tell the people who didn't know and no one believed it. Like, people yeah. literally, they were like, no, haha, that's funny. Like, what are you doing? Like, when are you coming over? And I was like, no, guys, like, it's fucking real. <laughs> but, like, they, I just vividly remember texting my friends and thinking, like, this is going to be the saddest thing. And then being like, joke's on you. Like, yeah, okay. <laughs> like, no, you guys, like, <laughs> fucking serious. Like, why would I make this up? <laughs> but that was the thing. Fuck, like, no but one, what an intense text to get to like after school getting ready for the carnival like because it didn't happen so fucking like sorry i'll be with the fam yeah (laughs) and they were like no like just no one it was so crazy and it was so and then so we went to doug and Lori's my mom's parents house and then i remember like everyone showing up and I remember Libra Knights who was like our best family friend my dad's best friend they were on their way to state hockey and they turned around so that was I that was like the biggest I there's people coming and going and there was my friends Mm -hmm. were there and Sid's friends and my mom's friends and people dropping Mm -hmm. off food and all of those things and like I remember a few like faces and things like that but I think Libra nights were like the hardest one. Like when I saw Mike and Jenny, that was like probably mm-hmm. the worst one to see. Mm-hmm. Or fucking Dawn and Pat the next day. That one. <laughs> well, yeah, and that's fucked too because I like called Pat and Dawn wasn't home because he was on a motorcycle trip. So she was just by herself. Like I can't even fucking fathom you know and she was like trying to get a hold of him and of course they were like trying to get home as fast as they could and you know mm-hmm. and, like the whole thing just happened the way that it had to happen but like just 
her being by herself was like the worst. Yeah, I mean, it's all just really fucking terrible. Mm-hmm. For like ever. <laughs> yeah. You know, like I think that that's always the hardest thing is like it doesn't always have to be bad, but like sometimes are just going to be bad. I do agree. There's like random times where, and I made a post about it like last year on his, the anniversary of when he died of like, I do believe that time heals because like it's, there's way less sad days like as the time goes on. And the times that I get sad are actually like super fucking rare. It's probably when I've had like wine and I get emotional, mm-hmm. but like other than that, it's like a very, I feel like we're all in very healthy places and I don't talk about him in like a sad way like it's always oh my god do you remember he did this thing or whatever but I think because of the events and how traumatic it was like it's hard to make a positive out of this day and so like while his birthday and Mm -hmm. Christmas and all of those are like hard there's really a way to turn it of like you know we're with family who we love or it's his birthday. Like Mm -hmm. he would want us to be happy. Like all of these things, there's easy ways to get around it. But I think this day is so hard because it was just a really fucking hard day. Like it was a really shitty day. And so I think for me, like it's hard to grasp in my head how you turn it into a positive. And the only positive out of it is like, okay, we made it another fucking year. Like, like this day is well, over, and, and you probably need the day to give yourself permission to, to like get the oh, other for stuff sure. out, and that's probably why it's okay the rest of the time because we like give ourselves permission to to be sad, mm-hmm. and and you probably need that somewhere in your year, and I don't I don't know that, you know, you even have to try to frame it differently because. No, I think that's a really good way to put it because I do think it is almost like it's really fine for a year and like there's little bumps where it gets really hard. But I do think that it's almost like it is this like time every year where I'm like, okay, that's fucked up. That's super sad. And I like let myself feel it, which is why, again, we had to talk about it. It's like we could talk about business and we could talk about all of the things, but like this needs to be talked about because it's like it's just here during this time and it's better to just address it and to feel it than to push it off because then it's going to start like coming out in scenarios that it's like I'm sad about this but I'm using it to be sad about something else like then if I don't address it now it's like in two weeks I'm crying to Connor because I like fucking I don't know didn't make the bed right or something so stupid like to me I need to compartmentalize like this time period and I have to let these emotions happen during this time because it's when I feel them and if I don't it will backfire later on in my life I mean you have to be able to like when you get to the heart of of the sadness it like for me always is like I feel cheated so like um I mean, I feel bad for my mom in some sense that she, like, died when she was 
young and like I think about if I think about dying all the fucking time and I don't know if that is like this weird um it is remember we texted about it like that's another thing so I mean you probably have to say that your mom died when you were younger for it to make sense to people how old were you well yeah I was like just six so and my sister was younger I think she was like three and a half there's like a few years between us and my mom was like 32 or Mm something close to that so even like when I turned 33 I was like oh that's really fucking weird that you know like I'm now older than my mom ever was and so you know part of it like there is some some sympathy there for her but then at the same time like it's mostly about me like Mm -hmm. when I'm sad about it it's like I really wish like my mom was here when I'm like having babies I don't let myself um like feel bad about that every other day of the year like I don't get up every day and I'm like you know my life really would have been different (laughs) if I had a mom like and it probably would have but I also like everything the way that my life is now like I'm a pretty happy person so like while that was the shitty thing that happened like it's all okay Mm -hmm. and so I don't want to feel bad for myself most of the time but then I mean really now it's to the point where I don't like I I'm at a place where it's like you know what this shitty thing happened and I have a wonderful family so like I I don't do it as as much but that didn't happen until like after I had children mm-hmm. and I don't know I don't know what the evolution of anything is I don't know but I know I don't have many days anymore where it's like well I really wish I had a mom because now it's to the point where it's like I mean my mom you know I don't even know how she would have parented me mm-hmm. I don't know how she yeah. would have been at 14 like she we could have fought all the fucking time yeah. like I'm like, I have no idea so it's like it's just the little parts of me when I look at my kids now and I'm like holy shit if Adam just had to raise these two on his own like what would that look like yeah. and and I just worry because I know how hard it is mm-hmm. to like grow up with one parent like yeah it's just it's just hard and I can't like raising children is hard with two parents like really fucking hard mm-hmm. like, can you imagine doing it by your I mean you, I don't know it's yeah. like I can't even picture trying to do it by yourself raise. yeah and I mean that's what my dad did so like at some point it just is like you know what I'm just grateful that we all are where we are. But it mm-hmm. took a really long time to not... Like, I remember on Mother's Day, like, my <sighs> junior year of college, probably. Mm-hmm. And I just got in the car, and I, like, drove to this little lake by campus, which, I mean, living here, it was not a lake. It was, like, yeah. some little... <laughs> Pond. Pond scum, <laughs> scummy, stunk. But I went and parked in front of this lake, and 
I, I mean, we we had cell phones, but not like cell phones. Mm-hmm. And I just turned it off. And I just sat there for like two hours and I didn't tell anyone where I went and I just cried because it was like, okay. And then I went home and I like called my dad and then my dad thought like I was having a nervous breakdown. Yeah. Yeah. But I was so like at that time, I felt like it was so unfair. Like, Mm -hmm. All of my friends in college, like, have these boyfriends, and they call home. And honestly, it was like they would get packages in the mail, mm-hmm. like cookies or like care packages from they, their mom. Yes, like, yeah, yeah. And like nobody ever like that. That wasn't. Yeah. And I was just angry that that wasn't like my experience. But it, it wasn't until I was like. 36 years old that was like oh that didn't fucking matter no like but that's what's so weird about grief is like it just manifests itself like out of fucking nowhere and it's like it can be fine for a very long time and then it just it just happens and that's what i think is so i don't know i think like this day all of the sadness that is building up like comes out on this day but it's like i said that if if i didn't have this day it would manifest in something so random like the thing like okay the things that used to trigger me were like the commercials about like um father and daughter shit and i was like yeah and now i want to die because i would watch like these two people go fishing and it's like i think letting myself feel this day so hard i don't feel those other things as badly and so but if i didn't then it would manifest in like i don't know at weddings and i i go to 20 30 weddings a year and like I see the father daughter like those dances are like so hard for me all of the time but I think that like it's just like so it stings so badly but like it is just that and it's only that but if I didn't deal with these milestones and like the times where I know it's going to be really hard if I didn't deal with those then those little speed bumps would like fucking wreck me yeah but I just get so sad this like month or this week from valentine's day to the 21st and like i let myself be just so fucking emo (laughs) but then it allows me to live my life not so like about to crack all the time i think you have to Mm -hmm. i it is i i think all of it is is so weird because i think about all the different ways in my life that it has changed and when it finally kind of felt like it was at a point where it was manageable. And um, that took me like 30 years. Mm-hmm. <laughs> in kindergarten, I remember like on Mother's Day, we had to we had to make Mother's Day gifts. And Ugh. like, I always had to tell everyone that. Like, and sorry, then, I don't have one. <laughs> yeah, like my mom's dead. And so they would always be like, well, make it for your grandma. And I would always be like, I don't really want to do this. This sucks. So it was like second grade. And I just told my dad, like, fucking talk to the teacher and find out whatever day they're doing these bullshit crafts. Because I'm I'm skipping. (laughs) My dad was like, all right. But it was because it was like every year, like, you have to, like, explain. And I mean, most of everybody knew, but it was like. You know, and then you get to, 
like middle school and everybody's a little bit different. Like I think about, oh fuck, how like at some point in your stuff too, how there were like people who were like, she only gets followers because her dad died. Oh my died. God, yes. And, and that stuff is like real too because other kids... Like, you can't fucking understand what it is like to not have a parent if you have both your parents. Mm-hmm. I mean, or if someone's absent in your life, or if, you know, someone has left. And, I mean, obviously, abandonment and grief, and they're all fucking different stuff. So I'm not mm-hmm. saying any is worse than anything yeah. else. I'm just saying, like, coming from a n- normal family and, like, s- s- normal to parent whatever and being like oh well she gets this because her dad died it's like well go fuck yourself (laughs) yeah do you want them i'll have my dad back if you yeah because it would be so much i mean it's just interesting so then it's like you go through that stage and then i went through these stages where everyone was getting married or where i wasn't getting care packages and i was like fuck this isn't fair or when you know, I plan my own wedding. And then now it's like, I have kids and I can look at it and be like, man, I bet we have so much less drama in our lives because we have one really good grandma and I never have to worry about there being like <laughs> any conflict between grandmas. Yeah. Like everybody's just good and happy and gets along. And it's like, you know, this is just the way it was supposed to be. And if my mom was here, would it be as good? Yeah, maybe. I don't know. Like, this is this is just where it How is. It goes. It's okay. Yeah. So it's, it's so weird because when when you were saying that, I just started thinking to myself like the stages of grief, and it is so fucking weird because it is like evolved and changed so much from the day it happened until now, and like even what you're saying, like you know, every season it's like, okay, I used to be fucking pissed because people in college would get care packages and I wouldn't. And then it was like, I'm fucking pissed because my kids are born and they're not ever going to know, you know, who Mm -hmm. my mom is and things like that. But so I think that was also like, if there's anything I've learned, especially lately of like reflecting it, like my grief has changed so much. And so Like, for example, I remember when my dad died, like, the things that would make me so sad were the people who knew him. I'll get so emotional talking about this. (laughs) But the things that were the hardest for me were being around the people that reminded me the most of him. Like, Mm -hmm. being around Adam was super fucking hard. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Because he's just like him. And, Mm -hmm. like... Those are the things that, like, it was comforting, but also made me, like, it was really mm-hmm. kind of, like, traumatizing or, like, seeing, like, Mike Liebernight or mm-hmm. Grandpa Don. Like, those are the things that, like, really triggered me or, like, I guess, like, the hardest part then was I would see the people who were so much like him and it would, like, make me sad or angry that, like, mm-hmm. I'm never going to see him again in that aspect. But now I feel like the grief has manifested to the things that make me sad are the people who don't know him. And so, mm-hmm. like, I always think about, like, I remember 
when like it started shifting to the ladder of like being sad of the people who didn't know him like I used to think that people would never know me unless they had known him Mm -hmm. and it was like when I went to college and once I got older like the list of people who knew John versus the people of like the list of people who didn't know him was starting to get so uneven and like more people in my life didn't know him than people who Mm -hmm. did and so then it was like it almost it just like switched the way that I grieved because Mm -hmm. now like being around Adam doesn't make me sad but when I think about Connor never knowing him like that hurts so badly Mm -hmm. and so it's like each season is something different and I know when I get married it will be like a very hard time of like not having him there and I know when I have kids like but it's like each season in your life is like a different way or reason that you grieve and it's also like remember after my dad died and my mom fucking made me go to counseling I was so fucking pissed that is like a real trigger in my life and so that alone like so after my dad died they would sleep together at the house and I remember we stayed at my grandma's house for a while because like no one could Mm -hmm. no one could go home and when we finally went back to the house they all slept in my parents room like my mom and Aubrey and Sid and they would cry in bed together at night and they would grieve him and they would and I could not do that like Mm -hmm. I couldn't lay in my dad's bed and cry like I needed to be alone and I needed to grieve and I needed to deal with all of these things by myself Mm -hmm. and so then fast forward like six months my mom came up to me at the house and was like I need you to go talk to a therapist like I need you to go to counseling like you're angry at the world you're not dealing with this right like your sisters will talk about it and you won't and I'm worried about you and I remember being like what the fuck like how like why do I have to go talk to someone and Cindy and Aubrey don't and she just kept saying like you know I'm worried about you and you know you're not handling this correctly and we went to a counselor and I hated my life the whole time like this bitch was crazy and the thing though that I think stuck with us the most was like the thing that we talked about was she sent us home with a packet of whatever to do like you need to fill out this paperwork and we came back and she was you know like my mom did one and I did one and the therapist sat down and she was like Ashton is so far introverted and you are so far extroverted or extroverted and like in my mind like I had to deal with all of it by myself like I had to be Uh alone I couldn't be around my family like I couldn't cry in front of my mom and my sisters and they like felt better when they were together and I felt better alone but that was like a huge turning point in our relationship because my mom thought I just fucking hated the world I didn't want to hang out with anyone I just wanted to like lock myself up she thought I wasn't doing well but it's like the different ways that we were handling it and dealing with it and I think like that's just been the biggest part was like when I was younger understanding how I dealt with grief and like knowing I needed to be by myself but then again like every year it's like something different that hurts worse and that's why I think grief is just like in all these different forms and like I never know what's going to make me sad 
or what's not going to make me sad because things that used to make me cry like don't even have any effect on me now but things that used to have no effect on me then like really hurt now and I feel like that's just like the game you play with grief of like you never know how it's going to affect you and how it's going to transpire and how it's going to come into your life it just fucking does (laughs) I think it's hard because I I think when someone dies from the outside it looks so much different and it's also you know I was telling Adam when I asked him if February like was a thing for him and he said no and I just said it's so much different the different relationships and he like loved John in like a a way that I don't know that I mean brothers and I don't know if it's their age gap or what it was but like the way they were able to work together and all of that is like something that has always like touched my heart Mm-hmm. And it's also just that they're just really good people in yeah, general, seriously. I think, and, like, don't, like, get worked up about anything. But no. the fact that, like, like, it just touches him differently. So we generalize, you know, we, want, like, mm-hmm. want to talk about grief as, like, a thing and whatever. But all of your experiences like build on the other one so it's going to be different for everyone and we can't like have this thing where it's like this is the way it is or it's been long enough you should move on yeah. it's like well that's not really how it works and even when you're talking about like people who reminded you of your dad mm-hmm. like I thought about when I used to go to my grandma and grandpa's in North Dakota and I would see my mom's sisters together Mm-hmm. And, like, I came home one time, and I think I told my dad, but I just was, like, it just makes me sadder because, like, I see them, and I know that, like, my mom would have been part of that. Mm -hmm. And then I just spend the time, like, being sad about that, which is, like, something that no one ever thought would, like, bother me, you know? But it's, I don't know. It's too hard to label any of it or to or to put it on some sort of path. It is it because just it's like doesn't make sense. It's like what I learned at the therapist with my mom of like we each, you know, express grief differently and that was like the month after it happened. But I also agree that like you know, we're sitting here and we're talking about like I don't think that we feel the grief as deeply and that I do think time heals and that yeah you know life is pretty much normal but also I think we're both like emotionally fucked up because of what happened and so like <laughs> even though we're not like crying because we both lost a parent like grief has almost transformed in such a different way like even yeah. though I feel like you deal with it good now and I deal with it fine now like maybe it doesn't feel like it's such a big thing in our lives but it's also like such a big thing in our lives because oh yeah like, because think about the way yeah. yes like I'm worried every day that I'm gonna die of some weird fucking thing and leave my kids and I started writing them fucking letters because I was like when my mom died yes there was like nothing and if something happens to me I mean, my kids are going to have fucking novels to read through. Like, they're going to be so tired of reading shit that is happening in my head. But it's like, I want them 
to know, and I want them to know that it will be okay. Because mm-hmm. it will, like, it It all is okay. It just... Um, For sure. Just is, like, getting to that point. Yeah, it's so it weird okay. because, like, you say you write letter and I again I think that we like the whole anxiety of dying and like death is a whole other thing because it's so deep and there's so much more to it but like I never think that I'm going to die but I always think the people around me are going to die like at least three times a week I think Connor's like dead on the side of the road or I think I'm gonna come home and my house is gonna be on fire and Remy's dying or Lexi's going to like all of these yeah. things manifest in a way that I think the people I love are going to die. And, like, yeah. so I went to counseling when I was in, like, eighth grade right after it had happened. Well, then, like, fast forward, it was sophomore year, and I got super drunk, and I got caught <laughs> drinking. And my mom made me go see a counselor again. And I remember being, like, dude, you can't punish me with a therapist. Like, what is happening? But (laughs) the reason was because I got super drunk and came home and I told her, like, sobbing that, you know, like, my mom and I's relationship has always been pretty rocky. And um, I wrote this letter of, like, you know, I love you and all of these things. And, like, I just wrote her this super long letter one day. And then I convinced myself that if I gave her this letter... And if I showed this to her, that she was going to die because I loved my dad so much. He was like the best person in my entire life and I loved him so much he died. So then I convinced myself that like if (sighs) I get close with my mom or if I rely on her, if she all of these things that she was going to die. So I threw the letter away and then I told my mom that story and then I had to go to fucking counseling again. But those are, like, it's so strange because, and and I think it's, like, our roles, too, because you knew what it was like to grow up without a parent. And so then, now that you have kids, that is your fear, like, that you're going to die. And I think that, like, maybe when I have kids, it will transpire differently. But, like, for me, my fear is that, like, they are going to die. Not that I'm going to die. Like, I never think I'm going to die, but, like, I'm constantly 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 convinced that like the people in my life are they're gonna die somehow like every day I think that but I also think that's like maybe we don't cry about the things that happen but like it has manifested (laughs) literally (laughs) I love how it's like I think you deal with it fine and I think I deal with it fine but here's the other Pandora's box of shit that is just fucking crazy in our lives. Like, maybe maybe it's not fine. Yes, but that's literally what it is. And, like, I don't know. I feel like I've started to think of it less as, like, okay, I'm crying today because I miss my dad. It's more so, like, okay, bitch, you have, like, you're mentally unstable. (laughs) And where does this come from? (laughs) And then I'm like, okay, well, that's why. Like, this day is what caused it. Yes. Well, you know, and for a long time, I felt really guilty, too. Even I remember laying in my bed after my mom died and um, being relieved that I still had my dad. And then Mm -hmm. I had all of this guilt about, like, 
being relieved I had my dad when my mom was gone had died mm-hmm. and then I also everyone would always tell me that my mom was watching oh and so I like got to this point where I was scared to get dressed anywhere Dude. in my bedroom so I would like pull the drawers out from under my bed and like get my clothes and hide on this between my bed and the wall like under the thing and get dressed because I was like if my mom's fucking dead and can see me then like there's a lot of people that can see me getting dressed yeah and like at six years old and then how fucked up is it that like you don't tell anyone that's what you think because whatever your like reality is is just what you know your perception or the story that you hear is what it is so I just thought that that was normal if I ever said like what why do I have to get dressed under my bed and I remember being like older older probably like 10 Mm -hmm. before I like understood that people weren't like watching me all the time (laughs) yeah but then that was a whole other thing. Like, okay, well, then where are they? Like, okay, I was just going to say, like, there's so much. Like, our podcast could be like two dead parents. Like, I don't fucking know because it's like, <laughs> what this is going? Because there is like a million things that I could say. And one of this, and again, like, I'll touch on it lightly because I think it's along with religion and all of the things that can be a different podcast. But one of the biggest struggles for me when my dad died was before he died, we went to a very strict Lutheran church. And in this church, they like, we had to take catechism and we sat in a classroom and they would, you know, we had to learn all of the books of the Bible and verses. And it was a very, very, very strict church. And a topic that would always come up was life after people die. And the question was always that our pastor would say is like, and this, it's like the hardest thing to say because he would like, the question would be, you know, if someone dies, can they look down on you? And I vividly remember him saying, no, because heaven is supposed to be perfect. And this world is so unperfect and like there's no flaws in heaven and so they can't look down and see you because they're going to see you getting drunk they're going to see you doing all of these things well then fast forward to after my dad died it was this comfort for my mom and my sisters to be like well he's watching you accomplish all of these things and you know like he can see you do all of these things and I always remember feeling so fucking guilty because I was like but can he because like And I remember being so angry at that church that we went to. And I was like, you know, like they said it to a classroom of seventh graders. And obviously they didn't know the depth of that. But like that was a really big thing I struggled with was like religion after he died. And like, you know, everyone kept saying like, well, he can see you and he's looking down on you. And like that was a huge comfort for my mom and my sisters that I actually still think is a comfort for them that like when my mom does something, she'll be like, well, my, like, your dad is so proud of you or all of this stuff. And it was like this battle of, do I really believe that? Do I, you know? And I, like, that was a really weird time period of, it was like the church told me that. And then it was, you know, and that's like a whole religion and all of this other stuff. But yes, it, yeah, it's fucking weird how, 
you just think of it all so differently. And yeah, I remember too, like thinking like before I remembered that they had said that at the church, I was like, if I slam a bottle of vodka, like in freshman year, like, is my dad watching me? Like what? But then it's such a crazy concept to believe that like they do look down, but they only see the good parts. And then it's, you know, but that's, that's religion in itself. But I think that like people believe it because it's comforting for them and it helps them get through the day-to-day life. But for me, it was like, I don't know. I didn't have that comfort there. And that was like a really weird. Yeah. It's a whole nother. It's because even as you're talking, I have like five things that I'm like, well, this, and then I think about like the one I remember being in high school and like, kissing boys and being like, fuck, my mom can see yeah, that. And I was that? so confused about what that meant and how I was supposed to be. And like, just think about how fucked up that is. If like my kids or Ellery was like going through life and all the time was like, oh, I wonder if my mom's watching. Yeah. Like that in itself is such a weird thing. And I I think there I mean obviously the religion thing is is like I we can't even touch it because no. there's some part of part of logically going from point A to point B where we go off course there yeah. that is like a whole nother hour of No, I agree. We can't touch on it, but I do think that it plays yeah. a role in grief and losing a parent because I think that saying of they're watching down on you was like such a comforting tool for my mom and my sisters and such a terrible advice for me because yes nothing about it was comforting I was like yeah it was the same way I mean I wasn't like hiding when I was changing but I remember like doing things and like that were illegal or I don't know and like always thinking like you probably should have been hiding when you were changing (laughs) miss me jeans (laughs) Your fucking like cool story, like bro. all that bling. I just uh. okay. <laughs> okay, we're good. This is good. We'll talk about religion later, and this fucking business that I don't know what the fuck we're doing with that. No, so either. okay. Well, we're just ending. Do it you feel better? I do. Like now, I'm talking and I'm not crying. It was, but it's just like. When it happened, like, it's so, it's just an emotional buildup. And then I do it, and I talk about it, and I cry, and, like, now the podcast is over, and, like, my voice isn't cracking. But, like, the first yeah. sentence, I was like, oh, okay. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> and now it's better. And who knows? I might probably still cry on Sunday. I probably will, but. Well, you probably uh, have to. Yeah. This is Lacey and Ashton signing off. <laughs> yeah. That's what we do every time. <laughs>